You are listening to Free to Flourish Radio with me, Gemma Sands. This is the weekly resource for changemakers and action takers who are ready to consciously create a life they are wildly in love with. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode. I'm excited to let you know that today we have another special guest, Ebony Allard. I've known Ebony for a little while now and I definitely think that there will be plenty in this conversation that you will resonate with. Ebony is a certified coach, she's also the author of Misfit to Maven and she dedicates her days to inspiring and enabling misfit freelancers, business owners and entrepreneurs to feel less ah and more ah. So it's her mission to help you live a fully rounded, three-dimensional, successful and self-governed life where you can thrive, which just sounds awesome. I know you're going to love her, so let's jump into this week's conversation. So thank you very much for being with us today, Ebony. I know that um, a lot of the listeners are going to really enjoy hearing from you and hearing about your story and the work that you do um, and all of the good stuff that you're putting out into the world. I would love to just start by learning a little bit more about you, really, and your story and how you came to do the work that you do. Would you mind sharing some of that with us? No, of course. It's, it's one of those stories that's kind of long, but it all makes sense in the end. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can even just relate to that, right? Of being mm. in, so if you're in that place of, um, where is this going? Why am I here? What's going on? It's all very messy. Then um, let me tell you about that. <laughs> so my story really starts, I have never had a proper job in my life. My first career was in the film industry, which is an incredible place to work. And it's very creative. I really loved that whole world. I wasn't a fan of the hours and I wasn't a fan of um, needing to push and strive and work harder and the kind of um, glorification of busy that goes with it. And I experienced kind of periods of pushing and pushing and pushing and then I'd hit a wall and we'd finish a job and I'd take myself off and retreat somewhere around the world, usually quite hot. And I, and I kind of had the money to do so. So I'd go to Bali or to Thailand and I'd fast and do yoga and recharge and I'd usually be quite ill because I was, I'd stopped for the first time in a long time and I'd regroup and recharge and pull myself back together and kind of get well again and then come back to London and life and, and work again. And in 2009, um, the writer's strike from 2007 kind of hit and there was not very much work. It was the first time that had happened. And I started having pangs of like, is this it? Is this it? What else is there? What else could I do with my time? Um, and I started toying with the idea of creating a different business and what I came up with was a company called My Girl Friday and we were one of the first virtual assistant and personal assistant businesses and it was before anyone really knew what that was and it was people were still quite nervous about you working location independently from them and not being in the same office in the same space and they weren't really sure what people could do and how it would work so I kind of was at the forefront of that and did a lot of trying to figure it out and I built a company based on how I thought you should. I had no idea what I was doing. I made it all up as I went along. And in the middle of all of that process, because there'd been no work and because I'd just gung-ho gone into it, I spent all my money and I spent all my savings. I spent all my tax. And then I got a £16,000 tax bill. My housemate got made redundant. My other housemate um, told me that she'd been bullied at work and also wanted to leave and didn't have any money. And I put a lot of stuff on my credit card and just kept going, it's all right, I will take care of everyone. It's all right, I will take care of everyone. And within a couple of weeks because these things tend to gather momentum and happen very fast especially when you're trying not to look at them I ended up 25,000 pounds in debt and with nowhere to live so I was essentially homeless living out of my car having just started this company and through pure willpower and determination I made it work I stayed up all night I learned everything I bootstrapped it all and I was fierce in my pursuit of success and what that means is that three years down the road, I had made my best friend my business partner. I had somewhere to live again. We were winning awards. I had 17 freelancers working for me. And externally, we were doing really well. Internally, I was miserable, 
absolutely miserable to the point of um, being in a place where I was actually really suicidal, where I was doing a lot of cocaine to kind of get me through life and to be the confident person that I felt the world needed and expected of me. And I felt like it was all pervasive, personal and permanent, which are the three P's. And, and really, if anyone's in that place, that's what leads you to feeling like suicide is an actual real option. And I was really lucky. I had a support system uh, around me and uh, people who kind of intervened and really encouraged me to get some help. And I got some help and I ended up subletting my room, putting the company on hold, moving to Bali. And when I was in Bali, I really gave myself the space and time to work out who the hell I was, what I was actually any good at, what I enjoyed, what all the lies, what all the truths of the therapy, the coaching, the personal development, the reading that I'd done over the year. And, and at that point, I'd also done a yoga teacher training. So I pulled it all together. And really, that's when I came up with the Entrepreneur Enabler and the kind of Misfit to Maven mission, which is what I do now. And so it's taken a while. That was five years ago. And I'm now in a place where I coach all sorts of business owners, entrepreneurs um, and innovators, um, you know, misfit entrepreneurs, as, as I call them, really, to create a life that feels as good on the inside as it perhaps looks on the outside amazing amazing and thank you you know for being so vulnerable in in sharing your story there i think there's certainly a lot of it jumped out that i could resonate with um particularly around things looking really great on the outside but not at all feeling aligned on the inside mm. um and i think it's also really important for people to understand that sometimes um, getting to this place where you feel like you're doing um, the work that you're meant to do with the people that you're meant to serve doesn't always happen overnight and as you said it's kind of taken five years for you to get to the place that you're in now um, and along the way there's been lots of different changes in direction and I think sometimes in this kind of digital world where we see all this success around us it can kind of be a bit disheartening if our path maybe isn't going as quickly as you know other people around us yeah and I think I, in fact I was just about to write a blog, a blog piece on this because officially we turn the business turns five next um, next week I think but I really haven't been coaching that long the entrepreneur enabler or like when I first came back from Bali that's what I called it and under that guise we I was still doing virtual assistant work I wasn't really coaching and I was doing a bit of consulting here or there and I only qualified as a coach in 2014 and you know if if I were to say that that's when I started it would make my success look a lot quicker yes but I'm not willing to do that and a lot of the work that I do and is based on this really strong belief and value I have in being real I think it's really important for me to show it all because I, like you say, I think there's so much shininess and it makes so much more business sense, right? If you, if you see someone who went from 2K months to 20K months or, or whatever it is in, mm. in one year, then it's really easy for you to look at them and go, wow, why can't I have that? They must know. They must know something magic. I'm going to sign up with them. Yeah. And the truth is there is no silver bullet. There is no magic wand waving. You know, there is a decision. There's a lot of mindset work. That means that you can do it a lot quicker than I did. And especially if you get help from someone who's been down that road, they can help you. Mm. But there is no quick fix. Absolutely. And I think, um, again, that's such a, an incredibly important point to talk about because I think we're in this place where, you know, you see all these Facebook ads for things and there's webinars coming at you and everybody's got the lovely shiny solution of, you know, if you just do these five things, um, you'll have the success that I'm having. And I think it's really important to kind of um, just put the story out there that there isn't one solid way to do stuff. Everybody's very different. And I often think our businesses are a huge reflection of who we are as a person. Um, it's all very much interlinked and I think it's really important to realize that there is no kind of one-size-fits-all approach and there are certainly strategies that you know um, are tried and tested and you can implement them within your business but you have to first of all get your business aligned to who you are and what you're trying to achieve in your vision before you can kind of slot those strategies in. Absolutely 
you know, I, business is actually really simple, right? You mm. identify um, people who have an issue of some sort and you identify a solution to that issue and you tell them about it and you deliver it for them, right? It's that simple. Mm. There's actually no more to it. So the, and what helps is like, so the clearer you can be on what their issue is, and the clearer you can be on what your solution is and so exactly how it's going to help, which is what we call the benefits and impact, yeah. um, then the, per- the decision maker and the person who's buying is going to be like, well, that's really obvious. It's for me. Of course that can help. I'm going to say yes. The issue is that we overcomplicate it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. I love that. And I think um, I know that for you, you've kind of done some work around even simplifying your own business a little bit. Um, for this year and the things that you want to offer. Um, and it's certainly something that's been on my mind a lot is, you know, where am I kind of overcomplicating things? How can I make it a simple, um, and kind of cultivate that feeling of ease? Mm. Um, so I'm kind of curious to hear sort of how you've, you've gone about and done that in your own business. My team is so relieved. I'm just going to share that with you. (laughs) (laughs) They're all like, Oh, this makes so much sense now. So particularly when we're working with creatives or when we are creative or maybe some of your listeners kind of resonate with the word um, multi-potentialite. You know what? We all are. We all are. We all have the capacity to do and be and have so much. And it can be difficult or it can feel difficult to narrow it down to one or two things because we want to do it all. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I know that for me, I really felt like that. And just because there's the possibility of doing a hundred things doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> and I think that's, that's awesome. Giving yourself permission to not have to do all the things. Cause I know sometimes I'm such an ideas person and I generate a million ideas and I've got post-it notes and notebooks and all of these ideas. And then I look at it sometimes and I think I'm not doing anything with it. And I have this like immense kind of weight on my shoulders of am I not doing enough you know am I focusing on the wrong thing um so I love the fact that you're kind of giving permission there to sort of say do you know what you don't have to deal with it all just focus on the things that are really important yeah so then what happens is the people that I work with say but how do I know which one (laughs) okay and or I had a wonderful email from someone the other day who said Um, I'm getting in touch with you and I'm doing a free course because I am amazing at starting businesses. Um, I create a fantastic, I'm on my fourth successful startup, um, but they never seem to make any money and I'm not quite sure why, so maybe you can help. And my response was, you know how you think you started four successful (laughs) businesses? Can we clarify and define what success is here? And yeah, like... It doesn't matter what you do. You just need to pick one thing and stick with it and do it well. The thing about running a business is it almost doesn't matter at all what the idea is. Mm. It's the um, execution of it and the commitment to make it work no matter what. And if you can't make one business work, you're not going to make any business work. Mm. And it's that simple. So pick the one that you think you're going to have the most fun with and then really go to town and make it work. And it's a little bit like a marriage, right? You can't just go... Oh, well, this is getting tough now. I don't like it. I'm going to go and pick another one. Mm. I mean, you can, but the likelihood is that the same thing will happen in that one as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely and utterly agree with that. And I think, um, I think consistency is such a big thing that gets really overlooked sometimes. Um, you know, and people kind of think, oh, I'll put this blog post out or, you know, I've got this awesome offering and I've written my sales page and it's amazing and I'm going to put a blog post out and launch it and then that's it. And they wonder why people aren't coming through the door. And I think the idea of consistency and showing up every single day, not necessarily to be always promoting your stuff and always selling your stuff, but just showing up for your business and showing up for your audience is really important. If you think about it like this, there's so much going on, right? And so there's a lot of noise. And if you say your thing one time, once, you think 
everyone heard it yeah. because you put a lot of time into into working out exactly what you were going to say and the tone and the pitch and where you were going to say it from and all of that stuff and the people on the other side just went oh I think I just heard something about something that I'm interested in but it's disappeared now um okay and they'll carry on but if you just continue saying the same thing like to you you're just saying the same thing over and mm. over again but to them you're saying it in different ways that they can then understand or you're making yourself be kind of memorable and interesting and maybe they didn't really get it the first time and the second or third time like you've been honing this message for ages you're really clear on what it is but they haven't got there yet so you're just giving your audience an opportunity to catch up with you absolutely and I think um it's interesting I think sometimes as women we maybe find that a little bit hard to do because we think in putting ourselves out there we are being a bit pushy or we're being a bit salesy or we're kind of being a bit in your face. And it's a very uncomfortable thing. And I know that's certainly something I've had to do so much personal growth around mm. the concept of sales and having a voice and allowing that voice to be out there. I've had to do so much to get kind of past my fear because for a long time in my business, I was very stuck and it was that fear of, well, what will people think of me? Um, you know, people are just going to think I'm really hideous and salesy and and all of that stuff and I think often particularly for women it can be quite a hard thing to do but as you say um it's about how I think you articulate that message to help people get to that point of understanding and not everybody's going to see eight of your posts you know sometimes they'll only see one or maybe two yeah and actually the thing underneath all of that is a fear of not being liked and a fear of being rejected. Yes. And the thing is, business isn't personal. And so when you say women particularly have this thing, it's like, this is because <laughs> um, women are generally speaking brought up to believe that the need of significance um, is less important to them. So they don't need power and they don't need significance, mm. but the need of connection and love is so we try and get all of our significance and that kind of the power and that, that human need for being unique and different and interesting we try and get it through love and connection mm. whereas men um, have been brought up for the most part to think and believe that power and significance and being unique and different for the things that they do um, and, and the way that they are in the world is really okay so they seek significance and power in, in that in a very different way from us. And they are not so good at um, connection and love. Mm. And the thing, and so if we, so most men love, this is a really great story and a great analogy that I really love, right? If you imagine um, two guy friends and one of them says to the other, do you like this t-shirt? And the guy go, and the friend says, no, I hate it. And the other guy will go, brilliant. And he'll wear it all the time. Yep. You tell a woman, two girlfriends next to each other, and one says to the other, do you like this T-shirt? And the other girl says, mm, no, not really. But her, that girl will put the T-shirt in the back of her drawer and never wear it again. Mm. And it's just societal. Like, it's that simple, same circumstance, same situation. It's an attitude and a mindset about it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I know, and you're so right with that. I think, um, I definitely think, it can be hard sometimes when we put all of our selves into building our business to kind of detach from that emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, but it was such a big kind of light bulb moment for me when I realized that whilst who I am and my life and my business are all very intertwined, I'm not my business. It is a separate entity to me. And I, I think when that kind of clicked in my head, I started to show up really differently and I would show up for my business every day and and it was like just a completely different energy behind it um and kind of detaching the emotional side of things meant that I was able to put myself out there a lot more easily and then of course I would start to see the results and gain some traction and gain some momentum mm. yeah I really I really agree I really agree with that and I think you t touched on earlier on sales and marketing and I I really believe that if your marketing is done right, sales isn't even really a thing. So, um, and, my, and it's most often it's sales that people have the problem with rather than marketing, right? Because yeah. marketing is just telling people what you do, right? 
Yep. Sales is asking them whether they want to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you market, if you're doing your marketing well, so communicating what you do well, then people should be coming to you and saying, oh, you do this thing. I want it. And that kind of takes it out. It's what I call lighthouse sales. So you become the lighthouse. You become so clear and so bright that people come to you because they want to purchase it. Absolutely. I love that. And, and again, I think, you know, asking people for something, asking people to invest in working with you or buying your product or, you know, whatever it is that you have to offer, again, is like an incredibly uncomfortable thing for us to do because it comes back to that fear of rejection and that fear of not being liked. But like you say, just putting that story and that message out there um, and kind of attracting people in who are really excited to work with you because they already get you and they already understand what it is that you have to offer. Um, it is a completely different energy. It's just a really different way of looking at it. I think that um, I do a lot of my a lot of work with my clients around reframing sales because essentially all you're doing is showing someone options. Yeah. And everyone wants options. And they don't have to say yes and they don't have to say no. As long as you're coming at them with the energy of like, it doesn't matter to me whether you say yes or you say no. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, if we can communicate our values, if we can communicate who we are without being kind of needy and like desperate and kind of, someone please buy this from me. Because yeah. we can feel that. Everyone yeah. can feel that. Yeah. Awesome. I'd kind of like to talk a little bit about community and business because I know that you've got um, a really awesome offering out there which is all about community and it's all about um, kind of ongoing support and I know for the past kind of I've been doing my own business for around about five years um, and I know for a large chunk of that I felt like I was very much out there on my own and I was kind of figuring it all out and I had to do everything myself and I maybe didn't want to necessarily work one-on-one -on -one with somebody, but I would have liked to have known that I had that support there. So I just kind of um, would like to know a little bit more about how you're kind of offering that out and how that's kind of working for entrepreneurs and, and creatives. I love this. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I have two kind of principles that my whole business really is based on. And one of them is community over competition. And the other is participation over perfection. Mm. I think that when we do both those things, when we come from an attitude of community and participation, we get a real sense of uh, connection and growth, which are two, again, really important human needs. And ones that are so often missing from us when we're trying to do it all by ourselves or head out and do it alone because we believe that we need to be strong and that we need to reinvent the wheel and we need to figure out, particularly with creatives, right? <laughs> like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm sure I can figure this out. Almost for myself, for years, we're like, flat, like point blank, flatly refused to do the thing that everybody else says it works <laughs> if you just do it like this. And I'm like, but I don't want to. I want to make it up myself. Right? Yeah. Okay, so one of those things is like is a community uh, offering. So there's a lot of really successful entrepreneurs out there who are offering membership sites, and um, I have got a, a curriculum and a course that I have been playing with, kind of putting out there in the right format for a couple of years now. And I know that the content's good because the results that people get is phenomenal. Mm. And but there was something that just wasn't sitting right and wasn't working and I've reached capacity with my one-to-one -one. so I get spaces for one-to-one -one, uh, like three times a year like people will leave and there's a new gap and I can offer one-to-one -one. and that doesn't help me offer and work with more people so I really wanted to find a way that I could work with more people um, really engage them create community like all of the rest of it and so what I came up with was uh, my online kind of space or community that is called M2M 360. So it's Misfit to Maven and it's 360 degrees. So we cover everything and you get like a little daily email from me um, and you get workbooks and immediate access to my full curriculum and then new material as I make it and put it into the site. 
and you get a weekly coaching call with me as well so mm. we're in group and you get to see everybody else's faces and then a facebook forum where everyone can talk and really support each other and there's opportunity for kind of joint ventures and cross-pollination and kind of all sorts of things so we're um just i can't believe it like just into the second month so it's been going four weeks okay. <laughs> and people are having the most incredible time and i am loving watching this community like really flourish and start talking with each other and we're i'm going to do a big celebration in, in barcelona in december and so we're planning that out so that we can find the right space for everyone to come um, and just really watching this group support one another and say oh you know i'll read that for you or tell me about this and talking in the group every day about how they feel like they've got um they've got an office that spans the whole world and that they can all talk to each other all day long without there ever being any office politics or any bitchiness and so i as an entrepreneur and the creator of that feel really good because i'm creating something but but i'm also it's like my job is just to facilitate that space and obviously there's this coaching element and there's lots of curriculum from me but it's really about having your voices in there too and um so i i want to get 150 people in that community by the end of the year mm. and so when i thought about that i was like well what's stopping people saying yes and i decided that most often these are people who haven't um got the belief or the success or the experience or the money or anything to work with someone one-to-one -one. and maybe this is their first kind of foray into coaching or to being supported in this way and it's going to be quite tentative for them and so I'm subsidizing it in a really big way so it's um, when we opened at the beginning of the year it was £199 to get in and then £69 a month to stay and they get like my whole program which previously has been on sale for um 555 pounds and then i've done it before a thousand with support and coaching from me and you get all of that uh, for much much less and it's closed at the moment so we've got 25 people in the group and that's going really well and they can and the other thing is that i've made it so that you can leave whenever you want no one has and i I, but I don't mind one way or the other. Like I want it to, to really work for the community members. Mm. The doors are closed at the moment so that everyone really gets to know each other and we can grow that container and they're going to open again in April and we'll let 25 new more people in and then we'll close it for three months so that everyone can kind of bed down and really get to know each other and we can have the same thing happen and um, then I'll open it again three months later. So And the price will increase ever so slightly each time so that once you're in, you're in and there's an incentive to kind of stay because whatever price you stay at, you enter at is your price forever until you leave. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. And it just sounds amazing. I think, you know, I came from a very corporate background where it is very competitive. And my whole thing about my own business and just business in general is that there is another way to do business. And the cornerstone of that is collaboration. And I think um yeah i just think it sounds so amazing that you know you're facilitating this space where people can come together they can have the support that they need but without all of the you know as you say all of the kind of bitchiness and all of the the competitive aspect and all of that side of things which um which you know nobody thrives in that kind of environment <laughs> Yeah, and just by putting it out there and saying like this, this, this that, like this is what this space is for. This is a space for community over competition, for participation um, over perfection, which is really about acting before you're ready and having a go and being curious and experimenting. Just by the very nature of saying that's what it is, then people who want that are signing up, which means that it's full of people who are going to actively encourage and support that process. Yeah amazing amazing love it absolutely love it um and i think do you find that people um once they're kind of in the group do you find that they're really um i don't know i just kind of think of it as like a, a super high vibe space where everyone's kind of really cheering each other on but do you kind of find that people are willing to sort of share some of the struggles that they're going through as well and, and ask for that support? Oh my God, yes. So I do this thing on a, on a Monday call where 
everyone fills in a form before they come so they kind of tell me what they want to talk about or what's and what's going well what their what their challenges are mm. and I go around and we do like a little check-in with each person um and sometimes it's like some people have some weeks have got tons to say um other people other weeks just want to come and listen or they just want to say keep accountable and say yes I did my actions last week and this is what I'm going to do this week kind of thing and then there'll be like someone who really needs to talk through something and we'll start. And so I will coach them live and, and, you know, the whole of the rest of the group is there. And sometimes there's emotion and tears and we're dealing with quite um, vulnerable stuff. And mm. um, when I have that moment with that person, I will stop and pause them for a moment. And I'll just say to the rest of the room and we, and we do it um, on, on Zoom. So we're on a video platform. We can all see each other. And I'll just say, can anyone here who's also experienced that raise their hand? And everyone will raise their hand and everyone will look at each other and you can see that sense of like wow i'm not in this on my own anymore there are other people who are also feeling this um and i don't know whether you've done much group coaching but something really magic happens because when you're being coached very often you can deal be dealing with something quite emotional and you can often feel like a, um, a deer in the headlights and at the time you're just answering the questions and it's working and doing its magic and processing but after you finish that conversation you can't remember any of it yes <laughs> And so when you get to do group coaching, you get to be the observer. And so sometimes you get to see somebody else in that process and it's the same different circumstance, but it's the same thing that mm. you have got going on. And just because you're on the outside and not having to do the emotional recalibration, you're actually able to absorb it and, and remember it afterwards. Absolutely. And I've, I've been in, as in I've been coached in a group coaching environment and I've also been the coach of that sort of environment. And in both of those experiences it's been exactly like you said and I think from a personal point of view of when I've been participating in group coaching and therefore someone's been coaching me um, often it can be really hard sometimes when you're right in the middle of something particularly if it's something that is um, involves a lot of kind of vulnerability it can be really hard sometimes to articulate what's actually going on for you and I know for me I was very much in that place and then I heard someone else in the group perfectly articulate what it was that I was feeling and sort of everything shifted for me then because it was like oh my god yes they've said exactly what I'm feeling I completely resonate with that that's exactly what's going on for me now I can deal with it and now I can move through it and you know do the healing and do the work that I need to do and I think had I have been doing that in a one-to-one -one environment it might have taken me longer to be able to kind of get that out there and then therefore deal with it yeah yeah I really agree I think often um group coaching is kind of sold as the underling or the, you know, the kind of the, the little brother or little sister of one-to-one -one coaching. And the truth is that it can be so much more powerful actually, if you're willing to go with it and engage. Mm. Awesome. Amazing. Well, it definitely sounds like an incredible um, space that you're creating. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't know. It just, it sounds like it's just, I've got like all happy vibes when you've been explaining and talking about it. So yeah, incredible. And I just, yeah, hope that continues to be. Um, and I think the other thing I was just going to say about it, and I, I'm going to ask you live on here as well. We also do, um, so we have guest trainers in. So once or twice a month, twice a month I get um, different uh, peers, friends, colleagues of mine, like really great people to come in and do a session with my people. Mm. Um, and so, and that's in the, uh, what I call the three cornerstones of booming business. So there's sales and marketing, which we do tons of stuff on, mm. um, systems and procedure, and then health and wellness. Mm. Um, and I'd love for you to come and talk about um, oils and stuff with us. <gasps> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I'm, no, I'm like, I'm, I can't tell you how obsessed with them I am. They have completely revolutionized everything um, on a you know personal level. And then also that, that feeds into my business as well. So, um i just want to tell everyone about them so yes i would love to do that cool well, we'll talk about that afterwards. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah and okay so the other thing that i would really love to talk about a little bit is your book because um first of all congratulations on being an author it's um you know it's something that's kind of 
on my list of ideas that I'd love to do um, someday. But I read this a little while ago and I just loved it. I found it super inspiring, um, but kind of at the same time, I felt like it was really practical as well. So it had that nice balance. And I just kind of love you to share a little bit more about that with us. Oh, thank you. And thank you for reading it. I still get like, I still, literally on the inside out, oh, someone read my book every single time, <laughs> which is cool. And I'm, I'm in the process of just starting the second book at the moment. And um, so it's really nice to hear that the first one mattered because when you start again, it's like, oh, it's like such a big hill to climb. <laughs> um, Mr. to Maven is unique in as much as I do share my whole story and it's very mm. narrative and unlike most of the kind of personal development books out there I kind of go into all of it and talk about it and I I really wanted to create some kind of a page turn I wanted you to care about the heroine in this story and um, for the most part I think people do I think a lot of people have told me that whilst they haven't had the same kind of life as me or maybe they wouldn't have responded or acted or done the things that I've done Mm. that there was a level where they were able to connect with quite a lot of it which means that when the workbook comes afterwards it's not just um, arbitrary. You're not like, well, why are you telling me to do this? You can actually, you've actually already learned those lessons with me and now you can see it's your turn to do that bit of work. And um, yeah, it was a emotionally exhausting <laughs> training thing to do. And I'm super, super glad I did it and never have to do it again. Um, and in the new book, I am going to put together case studies and testimonials and kind of allegory and story from lots of my clients and the experiences I've had um, in the five years since the end of that book. And it's really interesting. I was talking with a client yesterday she said you do realize I believe that the end of that book was yesterday (laughs) (laughs) I totally get that you all think that I'm stuck in stone (laughs) in this period of my life I think lots of stuff has changed since then Um, so yeah it's 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 a um a book that I describe as having more sex drugs and eating disorders than any other business book (laughs) you'll ever read and um and it, it kind of does, but it's for a reason, particularly for women. I think that we enjoy story um, and that being told what to do never works for us. But when it can yeah. be related in a really personal way and we're able to go, oh, yeah, I get it now, then it's um, much more, we're much more likely to action it and do something with it ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think that's why I loved it so much because I've, as a coach and someone who's really interested in personal development and spirituality and all of that sort of stuff. I've read a gazillion books that are in the sort of personal growth and business um, genres, but this was entirely different. I think because it is so much about you and about your story, yet it comes across in a way that as a woman, although like you said, I haven't maybe had that same sort of path that you've, taken I could relate to so much of what you were sharing and it just kind of everything just sort of fell into place kind of reading your story um and I think that's what's missing from a lot of you know the um information that we sort of get on a daily basis and I think like you say we do relate to story um and and vulnerability as well having that sort of vulnerability and that courage to actually put so much of your yourself out there for the world to you know, to see and to read about. Yeah, and I think also just for any of your listeners that are contemplating writing a book, and for you, as you as you sit there going, maybe I will one day. Mm. Um, what it's done for me is it's pre-qualified my clients in a way that I could never do, um, mm. or it would take me a really long time to do. So I get to have a conversation with them for about four hours because I think that's kind of how long it takes to read the book from cover to cover I have been told (laughs) um you get to really experience me right so that means that um if you made it to the end of the book and you liked it or it made you think and you engaged and then you get in touch with me we already know we're a pretty good match yeah we already know that um there are some things that interest you that you want to dive a bit deeper in there's a level of rapport and connection and trust that's already created yeah 
And that means that in that first session, when I get to do some work with someone, we can go really, really deep. And I can't count the amount of times I've now been told we've just done more work in four or like four to six hours than I've done in the last 10 years of therapy. And that is huge for me. And I, you know, I laugh at it with them and, and we find it very funny, but at the same time, it's true. And it's, it's because there's a level of connection there. And so in the year and a half that it took me to write the book, um, without getting paid sitting here going what am I doing with my life this is ridiculous <laughs> someone just pay me um, I now understand it because actually there's like I say just a level of, of rapport and connection that um, it would be very difficult I'd have to spend a lot of time and do a lot of sessions for free or do a lot of talks in a lot of places yeah um, in order for people to have that same interaction with me um, so yeah if there's anyone thinking about writing a book and, and and unsure how it would benefit their business please don't do it because you think you're going to get paid lots of money because you really won't but um not through the book but through <laughs> through the um through the work that you do afterwards and as a result of that because again you've really pre-qualified your clients and marketed to them so they really understand what it is that you might be able to do for them Mm. and i'm sure as well the whole process of actually you know the writing process and kind of putting everything together and getting your story out there and getting your voice out there right i imagine um the rewards that you get from that process itself are pretty incredible as well even though it's you know it might not be financial reward from the book but the process of writing it is probably going to give you so much in terms of personal growth yeah i mean absolutely i put to I kind of I'm so not that girl anymore the girl that was in that story and it's it really closed a chapter on my life and opened a new chapter for me and I also think that you know if you haven't worked out what your content is or what it is that you're saying or what your opinion is if you write a book you'll learn really fast because <laughs> you have to you have to know what you're saying yeah yeah awesome and I think I kind of want to touch on it a little bit we we spoke about it a bit at the beginning but for me um what I found or what I find often with books but what I particularly found with your book and your story as well is just the realness of it um you know when we're online we 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 might share snippets of our story here and there but it's still very edited in terms of you know what we're putting out there but kind of when you take the book and you take your story and you kind of read that as a whole complete um thing it, it's very different and it's incredibly real which i think is something that's so so important in business thank you because it's not it's really not easy people um presume because i've done it that it was easy for me to do mm. and it really wasn't um it really wasn't but you know what i i feel very strongly that um that we how are we supposed to move forward as a society if we are bending molding and shaping and you know it's making ourselves fit into something that isn't real mm. and so we need role models we need people who will stand their ground and say no this is what real is yes and i think i don't know it's something i've been thinking about writing a blog post on for a while because i'm getting a little bit frustrated with all this talk about being authentic and you know putting your authentic self into your marketing and i'm like well it's all very well and good but almost being authentic has kind of become a bit trendy in itself now and i'm like i think there's a real difference between being strategically authentic and actually just being real and putting that real self out there not that that sort of strategic um still almost crafted and curated side to yourself that you're kind of putting out there and saying look at me i'm sharing this vulnerable thing i'm really authentic how do you think you can tell the difference as a as a consumer <laughs> um i think it's an interesting question um i think i think it's just in the sense of what the intention is behind what is being put out there because if you're sharing if you're purposely sharing you know something really vulnerable with the intention of then selling or promoting or kind of trying to draw someone in um to whatever it is that you're offering then to me it's kind of not necessarily still being um being particularly authentic and particularly real whereas if you really are genuinely sharing it with the intention of actually this is you know something i've been through something i've learned something i've done whatever it is 
Um, and I want to put it out there because there may be people out there also feeling like this and they don't quite know what to do. Then I think there's that whole different energy behind it. And I think that, I think that's what that's like you've hit on it there. I think it's an energy and I think that we can feel it as consumers. We can feel it when mm. someone is sharing because it is, um, it is real and that's them. Yeah. And we can feel it when we think, yeah, that might be the truth, but there's ever so slightly stuck a filter on it yeah. in order to uh, make it fit their marketing message. Mm. I think we can feel, I think we can feel the difference. And um, I think, yeah, and I think, again, you, you talked a little bit about consistency. And so I think the other marker to look out for, if you're like, oh, I think this person feels real and I, I think I want to buy some of their stuff, but I'm not sure whether I'm being gamed or not. Mm. Have a look at some more of their stuff. Like do your research on that person and just check whether it kind of all makes sense as a story. Because when things start to jar against one another, and like trust your instincts on it really. Yes. You know, it, um, yeah, and, and the other thing I'd say about getting into, particularly with coaching um, or mentoring or, you know, looking for someone who is sharing something and saying, listen, I went from this to this and I can help you, um, is to speak to them, like, as much as possible, jump on a call and just really listen to the vibe that you get from them in real life on that call and, and work out whether they're a good match for you. And, and um, yeah, and I, I'm a big advocate of that. I think there are... Uh, a lot of coaches and I think that's a wonderful thing there's a lot of variety so there'll be someone for everyone but not everyone is for everyone and trust yourself yeah and I think I think that's um a really good point from sort of both sides when you're out there looking to find a coach or you know you kind of resonate with what someone's putting out there and you think actually maybe I could work with them um like you say to have as much interaction with them personally as you can before you you know commit and invest to that but I think from the flip side as well, if you are a coach or anybody with a kind of um, service-based business, um, I think it's important to realize that not everybody out there is the right fit for your business and to work with you as well. Because I see that happen quite a lot where particularly when you're first starting out and you just kind of want to get as many clients as you can and get things going. And, you know, and I know I've certainly done it. I've worked with a couple of people in the past who I could totally support and help and serve but in actual fact there were probably other coaches out there who could do that so much better than I could um, and I think it's important to be able to recognize that in yourself and and not have that you know that fear of um, that kind of lack mentality of well I've got to take who I can get just kind of trust and believe that if you're sharing your story um and your messaging and you know marketing what you do really well then that's going to resonate with the people who actually really need to work with you as opposed to really need to work with someone else i couldn't agree more i wrote a post on this the other day on my facebook um and uh, so if anyone wants to it's a public post so if you want to come follow me and you can see posts like this all the time but i wrote about how when so four years ago i had a coaching conversation with a guy who um whose package was like 20 grand a year. And that's kind of what I pay for coaching myself now. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was an, an impossibility. Like I was earning six grand a year. It was completely ridiculous for me to be even having that conversation with him. And he really pushed me and I almost said yes, just because I was scared. And I just don't think you should ever say yes because you're scared. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't like selling out of fear and out of scarcity personally. I just, it doesn't work for me. Mm. And um, then a little bit later, so uh, um, like two years ago, I spoke to the coach that I'm working with now. And on that call, she said to me, I don't think you're ready. And I said, okay. And I sulked and I left and I was sad. And the thing is, I wasn't. She asked me to check in with my soul and how I felt. And it was true. I just, I wasn't ready. But you know what? When I was two years later, I went to her. I still yeah. And, um, you know, it's still a stretch. Don't get me wrong. It's a horrible stretch some months. Um, yeah. So, uh, but I, I really, I really respected and appreciated her for having really good boundaries. And then... I've got another coach who I do a bit of pieces of work with and 
I work with her because I was on a call with somebody else. And at the end of that call, he said to me, I can absolutely coach you on this and we'd do great and we'd get some really good work done. But I know someone who I think would be a better match for you. Mm. Let me put you in touch with her, have a conversation with her and then let me know what you think. And I have... Again, I just really respected him for that, for knowing his boundary. He put me in touch with this, with this other person. I'm still working with this other person now. Um, and I have sent a ton of work his way because he's now someone when someone says, to, when it isn't a match for me, I say, you know what? I might not be right for you, but I know this guy who, and I definitely think you should jump on a call with him. And again, that to me, that's a demonstration of community, like community over competition in practice. That's what I need. Absolutely. And I think, I think just like you say, having those boundaries and having that integrity there um, is super important. And it always kind of comes back around somehow, I think, um, if you're operating, you know, staying really true to yourself and having that integrity, then you're always going to kind of um, get the, you know, the results that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's had that niggle right at the beginning when they said yes and they meant no, and then they're the most yeah. demanding customer in the world. Or, you know, or it just isn't working for some reason. Like you can both be wonderful humans who value one another, but it just there's something that isn't quite right, and it's a little bit jarring. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that you've got instincts for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think you know that's a super important thing as well. Always listening to your instincts and going with your intuition. You know, whether it's life or it's business, I whole heartedly believe that if we can really be in a place where we tune into ourselves then we will always know what the right thing for us to do is you know making decisions will become so much easier in a way because we naturally have that that guidance internal guidance that shows us the way yeah yeah amazing awesome well we've covered a whole range of stuff um i will put links to your book and your website and all the places that everyone can come and um check you out but i have really enjoyed talking to you i know definitely we have covered things that everybody listening will resonate with um so thank you so much for your time today thank you Gemma. and i'm going to talk to you afterwards about having you come and do a chat with me i would love absolutely. that absolutely absolutely thank you thank you You've been listening to Free to Flourish Radio with me, Gemma Sands. You can find further episodes and all of the show notes over at gemmasands.co.uk. And you can hang out with me on Facebook by searching for Gemma Sands Tribe.